Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of the Outlandish Voice. How have you been? I hope you've been doing well and keeping safe despite all the crazy stuff going on in the world right now. I have been good. Been relaxing a lot, catching up with my hobbies and eating just about any time I can open my mouth. I tell you, <laughs> it's serious business. I don't think I have enjoyed eating this much before and I hope it doesn't change when I give birth. Anyway, apart from eating, I have also been reading a lot of books and maybe more irrelevant content than I should be considering that I have an exam immediately after my maternity leave but yeah, we will, we will manage. <laughs> this week though, I had my eyes glued on a book about a 14-year-old girl from Nigeria. Her story is something you need to hear and listen. Then, then share it with your nieces and nephews, your sons and daughters. I know, I know it's a story about a girl. But I believe both genders need to hear this story. The book is called The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. And I really hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. It's an amazing, amazing book. Wow, guys, I can't believe this is my fifth episode. This is becoming more fun than I anticipated. And I am so grateful for all you writing me messages and supporting this podcast. And all the feedback as well. Some of you have reached out about the background music being too loud. And some of you seem to do with it just fine. But I think I found... A way to make it work so I hope the sound will not be as annoying as it has been so yeah so once again welcome to the outlandish voice a podcast for and about outlanders I am an outlander myself and I like to tell stories experiences my lessons with the hope of helping and inspiring others so this week we are talking about mental health and I'm aware that it's a broad and a sensitive topic. But as always, I will speak from my experience, my recovery journey, my lessons, and strictly keep it my narrative. We all, in one way or the other, go through some mental distress caused by many, many different factors. This is my journey, a journey of an outlander who, like many outlanders, have had to start life from zero. From learning a new language, to taking up further education, from making new friends, to enhancing old friendships, and to friends becoming family. It's a story that maybe many outlanders can relate to wherever you are in the world. And it's a reminder that our experiences mold us. We humans are built to be the masters of our paths. Nothing is a mistake along the way. It's a tool to sharpen and prepare you for good and a greater purpose. Unfortunately or fortunately for me, I did not confront my distress until I came to Denmark. Probably because I found myself alone and lonely. And only then could I hear my demons louder. Unlike when I was in Kenya, richly surrounded by my family and friends, almost forgetting your tribulations no matter how bad they are. You see, when you're surrounded by loved ones, with good vibes, regardless of life harshness, you almost don't know how fragile, broken you are because these people around you are probably going through the same. Still together with you, 
all somehow have found a way to keep going with smiles and positivity. You live through. At least this was our case in my family. As I said, when I landed in this land about seven years ago, it did not take long to feel lost, confused and completely outlandish. The language, the food, the culture, the humour, the weather, literally everything. But in my head, all this did not seem to be a huge deal because the idea was not to stay here. So I had a somehow don't care attitude at the beginning towards these things because... If I was only going to stay here for two years, then surely I could handle whatever, whenever, you know, anything. Which brings me to how I came to Denmark. So I came to Denmark as an au pair thanks to my good friend. Au pair is a program run by most Scandinavian countries as a cultural exchange program, which sounds very attractive, but it's far from reality, my experience. I mean, things on the website and facts like heaven and earth that's my danish experience on the rpa program it's not more about the families it's more of how the system works or how the system is programmed and my experience compared to some of the stories i've had is a piece of cake so we're not even going to talk about that so what happened that you now live in denmark i mean you just told us that you did not plan to stay here well i fell in love no, not with the country. I fell in love with a man that I met online. A man that would drive an hour daily for months to see me. A man that would keep me company and put me to bed like a little girl over Skype. A man that at first talk came across as arrogant, proud and intimidating. This letter came to my realization that I didn't particularly appreciate being told the truth. I wasn't used to people saying and seeing things as they truly are. So what would I do? I would get quickly offended and put on my defensive gear ready to bite. Well, enough of my love life. That's not why we're here. So when I got married, I was over the moon. I mean, now I could also change my relationship status on Facebook to married. <laughs> yeah, right. And soon I thought it would add to you know, mother, goodness, the excitement, the feeling was overwhelming. I was in love. Actually, I was love. I radiated happiness even in my sleep. My dreams were more fairy tales and hobbit houses, if you know what I mean. Life was just beautiful. It was like a wild, responsible party. <laughs> Whatever that means. The first few months of settling down... I'm maybe not as terrible as you would imagine. I'm under the impression that one is more occupied with getting settled as soon as possible so that you can continue to carry on with your life. Memories of loved ones are not so haunting. That is, you know, it still presumably doesn't seem like you've relocated. The enthusiasm that comes with relocating abroad is too enticing for you to consider your tomorrow without your family and friends so during my time you had to at least wait about seven months until you could get the legal papers that would at least even allow you to do some voluntary work if not find a job or join school and it's during the seven months of waiting that my life began to hit the bottom of the ocean if someone had told me that the situation 
would stay like that for the next two coming years, I would probably have chosen to go back to my country, like seriously. But I did not, and I'm happy that it did not have to come to that. First, it was loneliness. Then, it was loneliness on top of loneliness. And then, it was the feeling of not feeling included in a somehow very conservative society that I barely knew. I honestly still wonder why I wanted to feel included. But then, I got my papers and was sure that life would get at least better if not great again. You see, loneliness, I don't know about you, but if you've tried settling in another country other than the country or state of your origin, then you probably or doubtless know too well how tough or challenging it can be to be apart from your family. It's like those days when your mum left you the first time in school. Yeah, sucks. Anyway, I was damn wrong. Life became even worse for me because as soon as I could get out and contribute to the society as mostly preached, I was now confronted with racism, racism even from minorities like me. I mean, the stairs, the language barrier, and worse for me, I experienced firsthand what other races think about someone of color. And I know this is different from person to person and also based on geographic factors, based on where you are, you know, like maybe someone who lives in Copenhagen, which is the capital city of Denmark, maybe has not experienced the same as me. So this is strictly my experience and it's probably has more to say with where I live. So, yeah. Besides me answering why do African women have a big butt and big lips? Yes, those are some of the questions I had to answer. Not that I had to answer, like those are some of the questions that I had to deal with. I was also met with, you know, immigrants are lazy and dumb. Yeah, your profile as an outlander, especially immigrants, you are supposed to find everything in this country amusing or out of this world mind-blowing but truth be told at that time that moment i found many things in this old kingdom leaving me gasping for fresh air just like where i come from it's all the same so let's stop kidding ourselves my husband whom at this time had begun being very concerned had put all efforts to make me feel at home in the three weeks we had been married He had taken me to almost all corners of this land, had introduced me to so much of the Danish culture, hoping it would help. It did not help, but this was a perfect plan of integrating me into the Danish society. And it didn't stop there. He had tirelessly tried to teach me a lot of things and make things easier for me. Did I say easy? I am so grateful for all his efforts, because even though they didn't make sense to me then, they make sense to me now and i'm so grateful for him not giving up on me i think it takes a lot of energy to deal with someone who is going through a mental turmoil it's not easy and it's not funny you know it's not it's not easy for you who's going through that and it's actually not easy 
for your loved ones because it actually feels like you all whatever happens to you is also affecting the other person so i am so entirely grateful for the support system that he just offered and continued to offer sad to say i never got to appreciate the beauty of this country or the tours until recently because during those travels believe it or not however fun educative and exploring as it sounds i would always bring along my unfinished puzzle my distress knowingly and unknowingly like it was part of me and it's because of my experience that i have come to understand that danes will never really know how it is to be an outlander because they are not outlanders and as much as your danish husband's friends will show understanding hold the banners with you and hold the ground for you they cannot feel what you feel they cannot feel what you really feel because they haven't tried to be you but i will tell you this their support means everything everything they might not directly feel what you feel but they share your pain here is something i find powerful aside from the banners it's someone putting in the effort to learn about your roots someone putting themselves in your space to have an understanding of just how it is to walk in your shoes or how it is to go through a mental distress most people will judge you based on what they see on tv on social media based on someone else's narrative and some would judge you based on what they think they know which is zero when i joined language school i saw how other minorities like me thought highly of themselves i'm sorry i had to say that loud i saw how shocked they would be if i got higher grades and it got me wondering is it that bad being an african like it actually brought tears to my eyes you know just the thought of is it really that bad being an african in such a society i felt like i needed to prove my worth all the time which was so frustrating and stressful because why should i why why should anyone be made to feel like they need to prove their worth when everyone else seems to just be thriving and living and you are trying to survive because you have to prove your worth constantly anyway then i joined a danish class because i felt like i was revolving on a green circle at the language school i wanted to get integrated as much as you could humanly think it's possible i took up some danish subjects and though my danish at this point was not all that i learned a lot but then here i was either people being shy to work with me or me not willing to work with them based on fears of being judged or rejected the number of times i said the f word and was ready to call it a quit are countless for a while i actually thought i was making every gesture and remark about myself like i w- i thought i was making every gesture and remark about me and that actually is a dangerous thing because it just shuts you down you you don't open up anymore because you've been somehow made to feel voiceless and so you start pointing fingers at yourself which is very very dangerous and i started doing that so as time went by i had gained some confidence to get out and mingle and you know get a job 
I was so excited at the thought of doing all the things I spoke about when I was back in Kenya. All the things I dreamt about, you know, like helping my parents and making life better for them. That I believe I did. And I believe I'm still doing that. But I should have prioritized my mental health first. And I will say that again. I should have prioritized my mental balance first because when you have a sober mind, everything else becomes clear. But when you're trying to solve other problems or trying to fix other things and you are not sober, I think things can go really, really wrong. And that's why I say that I should have prioritized my mental balance first. In all this mess, we were also trying to conceive without any success, which also added to my turmoil. But I took all this in because I felt like I did not have the privilege to give up or pack my bags and take a break from all this. After all, my society taught me to persevere and be resilient. I was introduced to be a fighter. I was taught not to speak or show my weaknesses or struggles openly because people will use them against me. In short, the pain and struggle to confront my crisis was made difficult by people making me feel like I had so much to be grateful for and about than concentrate on what was not working. So I took it all in until I could not anymore. And this is a significant reason why people tend to keep things for themselves, contrary to opening up or seeking help. Because there's a wrong narrative that everyone is being channeled, or most people are being channeled to believe that you have more to be grateful for and about than complain. And therefore, you end up not saying anything. But you know what? You can't beat someone with their truth. I want to scream when I think about this, especially when I see how these values, though very valuable, have messed with our young men and women. I remember me opening up about my fertility issues only to realize that this was not a regular topic. This was not a topic to be shared openly or to tell just anybody. I felt ashamed. The questions I had to answer were either associated with what I eat or my husband's age. Like, what? <laughs> what does it have to do with his age? Then there's the don't stress phrase. You know, don't worry and you will get pregnant. Don't worry and things will get well. Don't worry and things will be fine. It's really like telling someone why you are asthmatic. All you have to do is breathe through the atmosphere. And, oops, I was guilty. I was stressing. I was depressed. So now... It was my fault. I should not even be airing about this topic. Trust me, I know a lot of things can go wrong in your body when your mind is overloaded. But it's not the reason why I could not conceive. It's not directly why thousands of women can't conceive. So stop telling people to not stress. Listen, we live in a culture where people want to fix everything. We want to tell people what we think fertility or grief or crisis should look like. And what they should do about it. But there are things you just can't fix by not stressing. And get me right. I know people can be sympathetic. 
So some comments can arise more out of lack of awareness or ignorance than meanness. You know, people are not necessarily being rude to you. It's just ignorance, I call it. In the two years, my brain had taken enough and my body had started giving up on me. I was so unhappy and desolate at all times. All things considered, I did not know what the root of the problem was and neither could I tap on the clutter. One thing was however exact. My puzzle was unfinished, yes. Even with the love of my life by my side, something was amiss. I did not belong here. I was not home, so there was no settling for me. That's how it felt. So 